Welcome to episode number 76 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording on July the 12th, 2020. My name's Eric. I'm the host of the show based in Southern Ontario, a hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. As a first responder, I've witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events, and I started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. And I'm Alan. I'm a safety trainer, first responder, security expert, and overall safety nerd. And if you want to help uh, support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air, you can buy a Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt at rapidsurvival.com. All proceeds help keep lights on and the backup generator fueled. If you are enjoying the show, please take a few minutes, like us on Facebook, and submit a review on iTunes. We also want your feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, even if there's just a show topic you want us to cover. You can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. And we've got some uh, boiling point content for you in this episode. Oh, terrible jokes. Uh, We're going to start off with some preparedness-related news. Next, we'll let you know what we've done uh, to help our preparedness since the last episode. Then we're going to get into the main topic, which is uh, heat wave and what you can do to help stay cool. Let's move into some news. This was this was topical rather specifically because of uh, the weather we went through here in southern Ontario uh, this week. We had a week of you know 15 days, I think, of 40 plus degree humidex ratings, which is uh, which is bad news in general. Um, but the news article that I put in here was actually about the rainfall that we had. Um, on Friday night in my area, um, just a, like an absolutely enormous volume of rain. Um, didn't really see much about it on the in, in the media, but it just I, like I've never seen that much rain. You know, flooding out roads and fields and um, all kinds of mean, nasty, ugly things. And I mean, I'm looking out. It's been two days since it rained. Now it was Friday night. It's now Sunday night, and I can still see puddles in the fields out behind my house. It's. Uh, um, We've talked about flooding before, but I think it's. Uh, I think I'm going to invest in ducks rather than chickens. Yeah, I think flooding might be a thing in the preparedness world. Uh, just maybe, maybe M- might be on some people's list. It should be, anyways. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we saw quite a quite a good downpour uh, last night, and uh, yeah, it was coming down pretty heavy for five or ten minutes, and yeah, it, uh, it puddled, it pooled, it ran all over the place. It was nice, though. It cooled everything down because it's been ridiculously warm here, too. Oh, absolutely. Well, it was it was an absolutely pleasant day today, you know, 26, 27 degrees yep. with the humidex and, and nice sun and nothing too um, nothing too terrible. But um, last week, I mean, health and safety is a big part of my world. And, um, you know, there were you know, 80% of the construction sites that I deal with that didn't have that were still in exterior work were completely shut down because it was too hot for the too hot for the workers. Yeah. illegally hot had the same issue um, i know the last couple episodes i've talked about uh, getting the uh, the back pond filled in getting the uh, the backyard all sorted and and uh, squared away and same thing we've had a, a crew that's been out uh, pouring a bunch of fill but they weren't able to work for a couple of days because it was just simply too hot so. it's, yeah you just it, it's it's just dangerous so and we'll talk about why that's dangerous in a yeah, little bit so. what do you have for news eric so for myself, I pulled up uh, one article here, uh, same kind of idea as yours there, Alan, and as far as Ontario and Quebec are uh, sweating through what could be the hottest stretch of 2020. So uh, I think we've, uh, we've already gone over that uh, quite significantly enough. It was hot, it was warm, and then it rained. Uh, and I had another article here in regards to two ships that collided head-on in Ontario's Welland Canal. And there's a video there in the link as well. So check the show notes out if uh, anyone's interested in seeing that happen. It's it's nothing uh, crazy except two big ships kind of bonk each other, and there's some damage, but no uh, nothing, uh, no dam or no um, nobody's hurt from the looks of it. Uh, no ships sank, but uh, 
without without giving too much away does anybody like are there are there like guys with accents yelling at each other from the boats <laughs> that would yeah. just make it perfect you, you do hear a warning siren going off on one of them uh, apparently okay. it's a pretty common area in the canal where boats pass each other uh, it's chosen mm-hmm. that location in the past because it's a wide open area um, for Fairly whatever reason two of them just decided to uh, meet up and kiss so <laughs> well i mean this is this is a good reminder to to yield the right of way so you yeah. you yield to the right and and they yield to the right and theoretically another, another uh theoretically you hit each other yeah theoretically <laughs> i figured it was good to know or something to think about keeping the back of your head is um if they were carrying something dangerous and it was a little bit more of a an impact it could have been a bad day for uh, people in and around the canal right so it could have been a really bad day for a lot of people absolutely because that can, that canal like it, it stretches for a long long ways and affects a lot of water systems it's uh um yeah there's there's a lot that could go wrong there and i'm seeing some comments here in the live chat in regards to us talking about the heat i guess in uh, in texas they're dealing with a uh, heat of 102 that'll be fahrenheit i believe in the states and we've got yep. another one here at 116 in phoenix today Ooh. i really hope that's fahrenheit yeah yeah if it's not they're <laughs> in trouble my uh my great aunt um she was she was born like my my grandma and my aunt were born in uh um born in michigan ended up in southern ontario and uh, she retired to uh, she retired to Arizona, and she would come up and visit my grandma a couple of times a year in the in the summer, because that was the only time she was interested in coming north. And it would be you know, what twenty eight thirty degrees here, so thirty four thirty five with the humidex, which is what. 80, 85, 90, 95 degrees Fahrenheit. And my, my aunt would be, uh, or I guess my great aunt would be like walking around the house with a sweater on because oh. it wasn't, it wasn't hot enough for her. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I mean, she's, she's long, she's long past now, but I just, I wonder now what, uh, what she would, what she would have thought about this past week. Cause I don't, I don't ever remember temperatures this hot in, in Southern Ontario. No, it's been pretty, pretty warm. And so what what have we done? Yeah. So uh, what I've done lately for prep since last episode. So uh, I finished off session number one of the advanced ham course put on by rack. Um, So there was a lot of math. It's uh, (laughs) it's every Monday. It starts at uh, 830 runs through to 1030 p.m. Eastern time. Um, I must say the instructor so far I've been quite impressed with because if you can get me to understand math, you're a good teacher. I so, can uh, I can count I, as long as I can count it on my fingers and toes, I, I can figure it out. Beyond that, I'm yeah. uh, I'm going for my calculator. I did as I'm as I'm preparing to write my uh, my ham te- my my uh, my basic qualification uh, in two weeks. I'm uh, I've, I went out and actually bought myself a calculator so that I didn't have to didn't have to keep going back to my computer and opening my calculator every time I want to try and figure out some of these equations. I'm I'm not good at math. I, I can so do the basic cool. times tables, but no, I'm. <laughs> You just like me then. It's the one yeah, nice thing with this exam. When you do go with the sit for it, you can bring in a calculator. It can't have um, anything that that memorizes equations or anything, uh, but you can bring in a, a calculator. And it's it's a lot of algebra and it's a lot of just memorizing of formulas for this section. Anyways, the instructor promised yeah. that's all the math we're going to need. The rest is all theory, so I'm good. But uh, it was it was a lot of math, especially lot, getting right. around about ten thirty at night on a Monday. Yeah, it's, oh it's no kidding. Math. But oh well. Uh, and then, like I mentioned, the backyard starting to take shape. We've got some uh, some loads of dirt in the ground, and we're slowly starting to reclaim some property. So, 
fantastic finally happening although the heat wave like we said did put the kibosh on that for a couple of days but it's starting to take shape uh, i am also finding out that having neighbors around us is not nearly as fun as i thought it may have been some no. like the pond being filled in but eh, politics that's yeah well it's uh <laughs> It's 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 a it's an interesting situation, that's for sure. Yeah. Mainly the real estate agent that sold the house behind us is not too impressed, but um, I'll leave it at that. It seems uh, like a problem. <laughs> I also upgraded my ham uh, base station here um, in the office. Um, so I switched from a, a QYT a KT7900D to the TYT 8900. Um, it's just got a few more uh, buttons and some, some other settings and things I can play with. So it was time to upgrade. Is that what you were? Uh, is that what you had out when we, when I was there? What was that last week? Two weeks ago? Uh, that was the X fifty one hundred five. So that was an HF station. So that's oh, okay. a portable portable HF station. The uh, TYT eighty nine hundred is uh, like a mobile unit or one that you can. Uh, it's a base station, so you can either put it in a vehicle, or in this instance, I have it in my vehicle in my truck, but I also put it here mm-hmm. in the office. So you can kind of mount it wherever you want. It's a base station. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Right on. Um, oh, there's some notes for me, and Ian's not here. He, no. I don't know, work or something. Yeah, he said something about not liking the audience anymore. Yeah, well, yeah. that's. Can yeah. you blame him? Uh, <laughs> 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 no, that that was. Uh, I, I did not mean that. I love all of you. <laughs> um, to, uh, for me, I got uh, I got some camping gear squared away. Uh, we've got a big. Uh, we've got a, a big camp coming up in a couple of weeks. We're gonna go. Um, essentially off grid for nine days to be self-contained which is going to be fun um so kind of getting that uh, getting that ready to go and deciding what we're going to take and how um how lightweight we want to be with our with our uh, kind of our day treks rather than our our base camp and it's going to be uh that's going to be fun uh spent most of last week uh giving my chainsaw a good workout um I think I said the, on the last episode, we brought down a big maple tree yep. that um, is now into a whole lot of smaller pieces. Um, so then uh, today, I, I spent a fair bit of time today doing a, just doing a good maintenance on that. Tune up the chain, tune up the blade, or tune up the bar, and uh, you know clean all the clean all the intakes and everything. So uh, unfortunately, we're under a fire ban in this area because it's been so hot and so dry. Um, so it's made it made it difficult to get a lot of progress on the little stuff, but. Um, getting there slowly other than that i've been uh, i've been working a lot and trying to trying to stay hydrated that's the key it sure is all right let's move into the main topic now that you're talking about hydration <laughs> that was a great segue that was that was phenomenal that was like that was like radio level segue that was amazing six uh, we're getting the hang of it <laughs> just like 400 more episodes and we'll be good to go yeah, we'll be fine. Uh, so our, our main our main topic tonight of course is beating the heat and what the challenge what the challenges are um the number one the number one killer in the heat of course is, de- is, is dehydration um which simply means for the uninitiated it simply means a lack of uh lack of natural fluid in your body every every cell in our body lives on um on adequate water supply and if we don't have an adequate water supply then we then we die plain and simple uh when we talk about our survival priorities we usually say the rule of threes right you can go three minutes without air three hours without shelter three days without water three weeks without food um three days without water in temperatures like this is a really long time you're gonna be hurting pretty good 
Oh, you're gonna be hurting pretty good. I would say I would say if you're going if you're not drinking, uh, if you're not drinking every hour, uh, from a health and safety perspective, we say you've got to be drinking um, at least um, like one cup or, or 250 mils of water every 20 minutes, and that's your that's your bare minimum. Yep. Um, so one of the, the the thing I get asked all the time in my first aid classes is how do you tell when somebody's dehydrated? Um, there are two basic two basic measurements of dehydration. Uh, one is your your is your sweat, right? How much you're sweating or how little. Um, the, the more dehydrated you are, the less you sweat. Uh, and the second is your urinary output. Um, most of the time, if you are well hydrated, you should be urinating on a fairly regular basis, and it should be reasonably clear or light yellow. The darker it is, the more you need to drink. Yep. That's the that's the, the the rule. I mean, you can that's that that's the ultimate measurement. You, you can't say that um, you can't say that a certain amount of a certain amount of fluid intake overcomes overcomes dehydration because everybody's different. I sweat a lot, and so if I don't drink, you know, if I don't drink four liters of water on a daily basis, anyways, I feel it. So you know, on a hot day, um, one day last week, and I try to I try and mitigate my water intake when I'm when I'm out driving simply because. You know, under the under the uh, the COVID rules, there's no place to pee anywhere. There certainly um, isn't. But I went through seven liters of water sitting in my car and just sweat it all out while I was out on while I was out doing my job. And that wasn't even a physically strenuous job. That's a lot. That's a lot of water. That's a lot of sweat. A lot um, of empty bottles too. It's I'll a lot of out there though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at least they stayed empty. You know. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> But it, you know, as a general as a general rule, however much you however much you normally drink when it gets hot, or you're going to be exerting yourself, double it, um, and that's. Yeah. So it's a it's a rule it's a, it's a guideline. Some people need more, some people need less. I, I know, and a lot of that too uh, um, comes back to how well acclimatized you are to the heat. Um, there are some people that I that I know who spend their entire day. You know, roofers are, are a prime example of this. They spend their entire day baking in the sun, and it doesn't bother them because they've been doing it forever, and it's just fine. Um, other people like me who have you know soft office hands and they aren't they aren't hurting tradesmen anymore. Um, they get they get in the heat and then they just absolutely absolutely die like they just can't be, it can't be done like it, it's with, with without uh, um, without some big problems. Now, there's the the age old question when we do start talking about um, hydration and drinking water, cold versus hot drinks always a debate. Ooh. Some people will say cold is great, others say hot you know is is better. So, the the differential. I mean, when when we're talking, when we're speaking, like in, from a, from a medical standpoint, and I would imagine that um, there's somebody out there with with a greater um, with a greater medical qualification than I have um, that could maybe chime in on this in the comments. But medically speaking, adding heat to heat creates more heat. Yeah. Right. I think I think most most people who can follow a scientific process can can understand that. You might not feel the difference, right? You might not feel fight feel the different, feel the difference. Um, like it's, it reduces the difference in temperature, but that doesn't actually make you cooler. Um, that said, there's also a lot to be. There's also a lot of uh, debate about um, putting cold drinks into a hot body. In the same way that you don't pour cold water into a hot radiator of a car, uh, you wouldn't. You, the, the there's a theory out there that says if you. Um, if you pour a cold, if you if you have a cold drink while you're while you're overheated, it can it can cause trauma to your to your system. And Ian's fashionably late again. 
Oh, hey, look at that. He made it. <laughs> yeah, I always keep waiting. That's what I say. Um, yeah, so I guess we're ready my my first point there. <laughs> we are, yes. Okay. Yep. I, yeah. I was going out of order. We're actually at your third yeah. point, but I won't tell you which other two we've covered. You just <laughs> have to figure out go. Okay, uh, yeah, actually, the cool drinks versus hot thing. It was actually kind of funny because I actually had some guy try and convince me that drinking hot drinks on hot day is the best because it makes you sweat and it makes you feel cooler. I'm like, I don't know about that because it's a whole, yeah. like, you know, energy thing, you know. It's going to take energy from your body to heat up that water. You're going to feel cooler. I mean, I'd rather pour cold water on top of my head than, than not, right? Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've always been, I've always been coached to give cool drinks, not cold drinks, right? You don't yep. want it, anything heated, but you don't want anything that's iced down either because, because again, we can, we're introducing the possibility for shock. Yeah. So uh, touch above room temperature. I usually do. Yeah, I, so I don't think there's a, I don't think there's any one right answer. Um, I think it's safe to say that cool is better than cold. And if anybody tries to take away my coffee, despite the fact that it's hot, I will hurt them. So it would be very I, dangerous I, I, to your health to try and take away my hot drinks. Yeah, do not take away my coffee. Also, may explain the British people's absolute fanaticism with not putting ice in their gin and tonic, which just drives me batty. Oh no! If any 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 liquor worth drinking is worth is worth drinking without ice. Yeah. <laughs> Asked for ice in my gin and tonic one time over there, and they gave me one ice cube. I'm like, seriously? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I mean, that just settles it. Don't go to England. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyways, sorry to be late there, guys. It's just pretty yeah. cold, right? It's, okay. um, it's fine. We we were carrying it without you, just fine. We were. We were doing just fine. Yeah. Anyway, so let's see here. What else can we talk about here? On that on that note, heat stroke. We do have, uh, do have a couple of uh, questions here in the live chat. If you want to go low, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we've got one from uh, Freedom for Us on water storage. Which is better as an outside storage tank, black or white? I think it's more important to have the right type of plastic rather than the color of plastic. Well, there is one little thing though. Um, if you want to prevent algae growth, uh, white seems to work better. If you want to keep it from freezing, obviously black works better. So it depends if you get lots of sun but cold temperatures. Uh, there is some like passive heating going on there with the solar aspect, and it might save you a little bit of energy costs and maybe keeps pipes from freezing. But uh, white will actually be a little more opaque and prevent algal growth, from what I understand. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And yeah, you got to keep in mind the winter time too. So. Having it black in the wintertime, you're going to get more sun. It's going to keep it from freezing. But And there's a lot of places where they actually just have black tanks on top of the roofs to actually like, yeah. do free hot water for life type of thing. Yeah. Yep. I, I know a lot of people that have um, like black pipe tubes on their roof that, yep. that uh, act as water, like at least water preheaters. So their hot water, like their, their gas-fired heater doesn't have to work as hard. Or heating the pool, too. Same, same idea. Yeah. Yep. Same concept. And we've got one here from John asking if in Canada, central air conditioning is real popular. Uh, I know some places like New York don't have AC. So for the most part, I, I find it in most buildings I go into here. So. I think just about every commercial building has um, central air conditioning. Um, most houses are being built with it. I would say probably a good 60 to 70% of houses would have it in, like at least in my part of Canada. Yeah, um, my, house, my house doesn't, but that's because my house predates electricity and indoor plumbing. And some of the updates that were made did not include ductwork. So um, we have a we have a portable air conditioner that we use um, just to keep the up like just to keep the upper level, like the second floor. Um, at an acceptable temperature. We've just been running it on dehumidify and it's been keeping everything cool.
cool enough to sleep. So we keep the fans going and we keep it on dehumidify and it's been just fine. Uh, but I would say like most places have central air conditioning. Yeah. Except for like in places where it makes no, absolutely no sense. Like, you know, Nunavut and, you know, even in places like Alberta, I mean, like it really doesn't get hot oh, enough sure. that, that often to, to justify it. There's no air conditioning on the West coast generally because unless it like a commercial building, but in private houses, no, because for the five, six days you might need it. It's just not worth having it. So yeah, I guess it, it is. It is regional too, right? I mean, here we get forty, you know, plus forty-five summers and minus forty-five winters, and so you've got to have a good heating and, and theoretically a good air conditioning system. Um, I despise air conditioning. I don't like the. I don't like the smell of the air. So I'm not upset to not have air conditioning. Um, I worked. I've worked in air conditioned offices, and I find I can't concentrate because there's just something about it that that messes with my head so it actually does cause uh, lung problems too if you're going from hot to cold air all the time if you're going outside inside uh, quite a bit it actually can cause like a, a form of pneumonia and i can't remember what it was called maybe it's, hmm. or maybe it's bronchitis one of the two anyways but i was told it's very very hard on your lungs actually i could see that okay. well, that that i absolutely uh absolutely believe that um heat stroke heat stroke yeah. So there's, we can we can speak about heat stroke specifically, but uh, I would rather talk about the the broader spectrum of heat illnesses. Um, so it, it starts off kind of as heat cramps and then heat uh, exhaustion and then heat stroke is the is the latest stage of that. Essentially, they're all various stages of dehydration and electrolyte depletion, right? So your heat cramps are the are the lowest level. Um, I'm sure all of us have experienced that at any at some point in our lives. It's hot. You're out working. You're working outside. Uh, not drinking enough water, or maybe a little too much beer, and you go to do something, and your especially your legs tend to cramp up. Um, that's usually a, a, an indication of uh, mild dehydration and low sodium levels in your body. With heat exhaustion, it's a little bit. It's a little bit more, and that's. I mean, the the solution to that, right? The first aid solution to that. Get out of the heat, right? Get in, get find some shade, uh, get some cool fluids in you, and electrolytes. Uh, electrolyte replacement is the best. Um, there are all kinds of options for that. Gatorade um, is one brand of electrolyte replacement. Uh, I'm not a fan of the premix stuff because it always tends to have a ton of sugar in it, um, which causes which can cause different problems. Um, the the stuff that I use, I keep, uh, and this is not a paid endorsement in any way, shape, or form. Um, but I really enjoy um, electrolyte powder from a company called BioSteel. Um, you can order directly online. I think they also have them in Sport Check stores if you're in uh, if you're in Canada, and I've got it's 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 completely sugar free, but it's um, it's ingredient list is almost the same in terms of uh, the electrolytes, which is magnesium, potassium, and sodium. Um, you lose that stuff when you sweat, and it that's what causes those cramps. Um, heat exhaustion, a little bit more to it. Um, you're at a, low, at a higher level of dehydration, um, usually indicated by like profuse sweating and red skin. Um, sometimes. Um, sometimes a little bit of dizziness, lightheadedness. Again, I would say most people have experienced this at some point in their lives. It's unpleasant. It needs a little bit more active cooling. This to me is the time if I'm, you know, stop whatever it is that you're doing, take a break, go jump in, go jump in the, in the river, jump in the pool, take a cold shower. Um, I encourage people to, you know, turn the hose on, turn the hose on your body. If they're, if they're, if they're showing those signs, um, that is that is like we're not into a medical emergency at this point but it's a big deal um hence the term redneck right 
Exactly. Keep it. Keep it. If you can control it at this level, then you're probably going to have a, you're, you can deal with the rest of the day. Um, I find this with construction workers specifically; they tend to just power through it uh, and get to the point where it gets really bad for them, and then we do, and then we end up in with a medical emergency of heat stroke. Heat stroke is specifically indicated by the really hot skin and uh, an altered mental status. Right? They tend to be confused, dizzy, sometimes aggressive behavior. But but mostly it's when they've stopped sweating, when somebody doesn't have enough enough moisture left in their body um, to to continue sweating. Uh, that's when you've got a real problem, right? That's when we're starting to deal with kidney problem, like kidney failure and liver liver issues, um, nausea, vomiting, dizziness, right? which is just going to um, compound uh, the dehydration. Uh, that's that's what leads to people passing out and. Um, and eventually dying because they don't have any because they don't have any fluids. I will argue, and I'm sure that again, if you ask ten different people who are any level of knowledgeable in the field, you're going to get ten different opinions. Somebody who has stopped sweating has lost too much fluid to to be able to put it back in on their own. They need an IV. They need uh, they need it to be medically supervised because there's there's a there's a lot that's going on there, and there's potential for a lot of damage. Uh, no matter what. Get that person cool. Take get rid of anything that's uh, um, that's restricting the uh, restricting evaporation, which is kind of leading me to my next point. Um, but restricting evaporation because our bodies like sweat is our is our body's cooling mechanism. So if we're sweating, the theory is the water in your sweat absorbs absorbs the heat. It evaporates. It cools your body. What we tend to experience here in Ontario or in the in the central part of of the continent is such high humidity levels. That there's nowhere for the sweat to go. We've seen it. We've seen it a, a bunch of times this week, where the the humidity is up around you know 80, 90 percent, but it's also you know full sun, and there's just nowhere for the sweat to there's nowhere for the sweat to dissipate, and that becomes a uh, that becomes a major problem. That's why we have actually a fairly high incidence of heat heat emergencies and illnesses in uh, like in the southern Ontario and I'm sure in uh, in the Michigan Ohio kind of New York Pennsylvania area as well right just because we've got uh, we've got such such high levels of humidity that there's just nowhere for your sweat to evaporate right? it's like pouring you know pouring water onto a pouring water into a into a puddle yeah you did it but there's no effect so <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, west of Lake Superior, basically, like uh, in summertime, yep. yeah, you can usually still find most places if you just dunk your shirt with water, and you know it'll evaporate off and be dry in a, in, a, in an hour or two because you know mm -hmm. which also saves you from having to sweat it all out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a totally different scenario for us, right? Yeah, and it, and it's it's just a uh, it, it's it's a different climate, and that climate causes different problems. Um, I have a friend in Alberta, and he like he makes fun of me when I say that it's you know the humidity is what's killing us. He's like that's the most bad thing you can possibly say. It's not the heat; it's the it's the humidity, but it really is. Um, oh, that's what I was going to get to because I mean, yeah, they say it's a dry heat. I mean, you never feel the heat nearly as bad uh, out west as you do out east because it's always dry air. Yep, uh, it's dry which, air, and, there, and there's more of a wind blowing, right? And that's the, that's the big one, right? Um, which leads me to my uh, my own story about my my son uh, heat exhaustion. It's a good one. Yeah. So back in the, uh, the yeah, when I was courting my wife, uh, I decided to uh, show her how cool I was by building a deck in her back 
back of her house there. And so I naturally had to take off the shirt to show off these guns, you know, type of thing. (laughs) (laughs) So here I go. And so, you know, only, only wussies use sunscreen. So there I was in the, the, the Calgary extreme summer or whatever in, in July anyway. And, um, yeah, sure enough, I couldn't figure out why I stopped sweating after a while, and I was getting kind of dizzy, and I, yeah, I had a couple of glasses of water, but whatever, and, you know, I got to show off for the ladies, and then, so, uh, after I got inside, and, you know, she called me Lobster Man for years afterwards, because basically, it's like, you could see my white buttocks, and then the bright red back, but then later on that night, it turns out that my skin actually blistered up. Oh, so we've yeah. gone, gone to a second degree burn. Yeah. One second. of the things I learned, I learned actually, I learned this on my 16th birthday when I had a very similar thing. It was my, uh, um, it was the uniform tan. Sorry, it was head, uh, right, head, neck, forearms, except for the watch, <laughs> um, yep. and that was, and that was about, that was about it. But it was similar where it was, uh, it was the second degree burn, um, or medium thickness burn, depending on which uh, which protocol you're listening to. Um, yeah. Skin will burn as long as it's hot. Yeah, so that's the amazing thing is, is that like it's you know Calgary is further north than most of Ontario, and you know it wasn't really like a, a super intense day, but that's that's enough to give you second degree burns. So it's just something to think Absolutely. about, like you know when you think it's not a big deal. Yeah, hundred percent. It's uh, it's 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 we all love being outside. Do it safely because there's a lot that can go wrong. Um, and I was out camping last weekend and it was stinking hot and we were all dehydrated. We took, there were six of us camping, like six of us on the site. We went through four cases and then another 20 liters of water between six of us over two days. Wow. It's a lot of water. It was a lot of water. And sure that wasn't like, a beer. I, I, I was on top of the beer. <laughs> <laughs> like that was, that was, I was on addition to the beer, which, you know, maybe those two things might have been a little bit related, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's no joke, right? You can, uh, dehydration leads to all kinds of bad decisions. Uh, It leads to, um, it leads to unconsciousness. And um, that also happens when you're driving, right? If you, if you're the air conditioner, air conditioning in your vehicle doesn't work. And for some reason, the, you know, you end up you can end up overheated, and if you're overheated in your car, then you pass out, and then you've created a whole new cascade of problems for yourself. Oh yeah, and the heat sneaks up on you quickly too. Oh, it sure does. You don't even notice it's it's yeah. it's like drinking beer when you're sitting down, and all of a sudden you stand up and go, oh, oh, right? yeah, oh yeah. And I mean, the, the, when you get yeah. burns like that on your back too, you can uh, certainly have a case of shock happening. Like yeah. I started shaking Absolutely. afterwards, yep. and I, you know, what a couple of years later, like I fresh. Oh, I think we lost you again. Oh, that's too, uh, bad. That too bad. I think what he was going to say is you probably should have gone to the doctor for that. And definitely yeah, sought some kind of medical treatment. Anytime there's blistering, you should go. Ha- you should go have it checked out. Make sure that it's not too bad. Dehydration. I thought he was, thought he was just going to say I should go back out in the sun. Yeah, yeah well, there could be that too. too. <laughs> I mean, he's not. He's not from Alberta, so that might not have been his natural instinct. So. Oh, fair enough. Oh no, I actually I am though. Oh, you are from Alberta. Yeah. Uh, that is the, mm-hmm. the the motherland. I was uh, born and raised in Alberta. Mm. Ah. I, I stand corrected. That he, that he probably was. He should have gone back out in the sun and done the <laughs> other side. So at least it was even. That's right. <laughs> Shall we touch on the power grid? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, I did have a note there. So basically, unlike, you know, furnace fans, which, you know, do draw power, but not as much as, say, an air conditioning plus a fan, 
the power grid under uh, actually goes under uh, more stress in hotter weather than it does in extreme cold weather. Yeah. Um, as a general rule for overall usage. So, yeah, I mean, not only do the, does the actual electrical wire face higher resistance in hot weather, plus increased use, uh, there's also more demand. So to, cut, to balance that, of course, if your nuclear plants are providing you with power, like in, say, Ontario, mm -hmm. um, the water differential of temperature is actually what, uh, you know, I guess dictates your efficiency. So if the uh, water is nice and cold, it, they can put out more power, but as the warmer the water gets, the less power they can actually create. So um, based on their cooling needs. So uh, higher demand, lower efficiency, and that leads to all sorts of hilarity like 2003, right? Oh yeah. Yep. That was, uh, man, that was, uh, that was a rough week. <laughs> I have a lot, I have a lot of memories of that week. It was, uh, it was not good. Um, that was the that was the week that we realized that the uh, the ambulance dispatch in this particular part of the area uh, of the of the province was in a building that had windows that couldn't open, and so while they had they had a generator to keep their systems going, the building didn't have a generator to keep their AC going. Oh, that's a bit of an overthought. Right. Yeah, so that was, um, and they, they, so they didn't have any fans, they didn't have any way to um, generate fresh air, and they couldn't open the windows, and so they took a 40 degree build, like they took a 40 degree day, put it inside a glass building, so you had the greenhouse effect, and within about 15 minutes, um, the building went from, uh, I think they said, because the, the, they, they, the, they could still monitor it somehow, I forget, but they, it went from um, 23 degrees Celsius to 38 degrees Celsius in under an hour without wow. the AC going. Fortunately, we had a backup plan for that, <laughs> um, oh, but it was uh, it, it, it took a little bit of time. It was a, it was a portable plan. It was a, a mobile command post that had uh, radios that could be um, set up like, that were in it. It was a semi-trailer. Great little system, but it was uh, it took some time to get rolling, and so there was um, they had to redistribute the. Uh, redistribute the dispatch system for a couple of hours while they got their while they got their feet under them. Oh, that pools. Was, it was a rough summer. Yep. Pools we move the pools? Pools are great. We should, we should probably just all go to the pool. Yep. Yeah. I'm 100% on board with that. <laughs> there's a lot to be said about having a little kiddie pool in your backyard if you can't afford yep. anything else. Oh, <laughs> just, yeah. Just because there's some days where you just want to just dunk, you know, and just, yep. it, it's, yeah. Just set a Absolutely. rule, no cameras, no phones nearby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can still have a floating chair in a kiddie pool, right? I mean, oh, just yeah. you know, your legs might drangle over the edge, but you know, you can still like really, really big wheelbarrows. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the, in the fire in the fire service, we have uh, so that if in your especially rural fire services where there aren't fire hydrants, they have this fun they have this fun little system. So there's a big tanker truck, uh, which is literally just a you know a big a big fire truck full of water and it has what we call a porta pond or a uh, or a, a pool that we set up and then dump water into so that fire trucks can draw from it and they're about um they're anywhere from like 1800 to 3000 gallons so they're like it's it's a significant pool um usually about uh you know 10 by 10 by 10 feet two or three feet deep but man i've been on i've been on some fire scenes and i'm looking at that pool and it's 40 degrees and i'm thinking you know 
I could just dip in there for a few seconds and it would just be, it would just be so, it would be so nice because that, that water gets refreshed about every five minutes too. So it's all coming fresh out of the hydrant and it's nice and cool. Uh, I've yet to do it. I've been told that it's probably less than professional of me to uh, take off my, take off my bunker gear and, uh, and jump in the, jump in the port upon, but, uh, you know, whatever. Sometimes close to the retirement. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that feels like a last day on the job kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. John in the live chat here brings up a point. He goes, if you need a pool, you can just put up a tarp in the back and fill it up. Yeah. And oh, in the back of a pickup truck. What a great idea. Yeah. That would certainly work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, growing up, growing up without a pool, we always, we were always fans of the sprinkler, right? Yeah. The, the uh, sprinkler yeah. on the lawn and run through that. Or when we got a little bit older, just kind of lie down through that. Yeah. There's all kinds of different options, but I like that uh, in a pinch with the tarp. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. Why not do that? I think that's a fantastic plan. I'm going to have to try that at some point. Yeah. We'll have to do it during a podcast gathering at some point. <laughs> well, then we'd have to drive around at least a little bit until we get oh, yeah. out at least. Oh, of course. course. Of course. Um, what else is on our notes? So we had pools. Uh, we've talked a lot about the dealing with it. Um, yeah. Stay out of the sun if you can, right? Um especially in the hottest part of the day now all the all the health and safety regulations and, and guidelines that i see say you stay you stay away from the stay out of the sun during the hottest part of the day which is 10 a.m to 3 p.m so if you work outside that's your entire day gone yep yeah so let's just let's just realize that that's probably not going to happen um but if you can erect some shade of some kind if you can um change your tasks so that you're doing the inside stuff in the hottest part of the day and doing your outside stuff either first thing or last thing in the day that would be good um you know avoid you know avoid things that create extra heat while you're in the heat i noticed uh uh, less strenuous activities such as reloading rather than blacksmithing in the in the heat that's that's (laughs) Two, two, two there. Yeah. I, I, I would think we'll have to get Owen on here one day, but I'm sure at some point he'd probably admit that yeah, blacksmith is more of a winter activity than than a, than a heat of the summer thing. But yeah, like during the heat of the day, I I take a literally either a siesta or I'll I'll go and just do something under undercover like reloading or whatever, just if it gets that bad. Um, yeah, because it, it keep, gets a little insane. And keep in mind too, your clothing, right? You want to do Absolutely. something that's loose, and lightweight, breathable fabrics. Um, you know, over synthetics would be nice too. Helps with the sweating and cooling off. So cotton is wrong. Yep. A cotton t a cotton t shirt can absorb almost six pounds of its of, of moisture. That uh, that that means that it's getting it's heavy and it's wet and it's not uh, it's not, not evaporating properly. Nope. Uh, well, well, I was just going to mention if uh, in case of bug out, just a one thing to keep in mind how to deal with it. Uh, yeah, if you have to for whatever reason travel by foot, broken down car, whatever. Uh, yeah, consider moving at night versus uh, the middle, the heat of the day, right? So, I mean, you know, take a break in some shade during the day, move at night if you can, uh, just to offset your water output and or uh, your efficiency yourself because you're going to move slower when you're super hot than you are if you're if you're cooler. Absolutely, That's a good point. And especially especially if you're uh, um, especially if you've got to, if you've got to go a significant distance, and as long as you can navigate safely at night, right? If you've got roads to follow, then that's a much better option. And if you are bugging in for whatever reason, you, you've chosen to stay at your house, or you're not even in a bug-in, bug-out situation, you're just trying to cool down, uh, use use every type of fan you have in the house. Like ceiling fans, for example, make sure that they're going counterclockwise. Uh, that's going to blow the air downward towards you. Uh, clockwise in the wintertime sucks the cold air up or the, the hot air up, uh, and then you want 
uh, counterclockwise in the uh, in the summer blows air down towards you. But uh, keep in mind to turn those off if you do leave because they're not helping anybody if uh, if you're not in the house. No need to keep mm-hmm. them running, but it's just going to burn electricity at that point. But when you're in the house, ceiling fans and all kinds of fans are going to be your friend, right? I did ask my wife a couple times to like see if she could like wave the fan at me during hot weather, but she just took it and smacked me upside the head with it. So, how are you still so alive? <laughs> <laughs> he travels a lot. Yeah, would, would you mind? Yeah. So yeah. It, you can max you can maximize the 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 effect of the effect of a fan. So that produces a wind chill effect, right? We love that in the summer, um, but it's it's our enemy in the winter. Um, if uh, if you if you are max if you want to maximize that fan if the fan is your way to go um a little bit of like a little bit of, of moisture on your skin right damp skin uh will increase the wind chill effect so a wet t-shirt guys just i didn't know it was that kind of show just go just go right just go right past that <laughs> yeah. but a, wet, but a wet t-shirt what a wet t-shirt with a fan blowing across it will cool you down faster than a dry t-shirt with a fan blowing across it yep that's a good point and so you can uh, what we've what we've done in the in, in the in, in the uh, in the ambulance service for years. Somebody who's overheated, we put it we put a sheet on them, get the sheet wet, and then you just pick up the sheet and flap it, and it creates a wind chill, and mm-hmm. will will cool somebody down really really fast. Nice. Yeah, you gotta take that evaporation to your advantage, right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, public surface announcement for dogs and people in cars. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you put if you leave a dog or a person in your car in a car and I happen to walk by it, I will break all the windows, slash all the tires just out of spite. Don't yep. do it. Yeah. yeah. Just don't. The, fir- the first the first window will be a rescue, the rest of it will just be vengeful. <laughs> oh. Well, I'll take a picture at least beforehand so at least you can prove to the cops that uh, you know, you, you broke it for a reason. But uh yeah, I mean obviously people will leave various, you know, kids and dogs in cars thinking, Oh, I'm just gonna go in for a couple minutes. It does not take long to eat up those cars. Uh no, it does not. Yeah. So there's a there's a, a local radio station here, and every year, as their public service announcement, as the sun gets hot, um, they start at five thirty in the morning before the sun comes up, and they put a tray of uh, tray of cookies, like of, of uh, like cookie dough, on the dashboard of one of their cars, and then by the time the show is done, so they're on like five thirty to like five thirty a.m. to nine a.m. So at five thirty, they put it on the dash. The sun comes up about five forty-five, six o'clock in the in, in you know late June, and by nine o'clock, they have fully cooked, like fully baked cookies in their car. And wow. it, takes, it takes well less time than that. It's it's within an hour. Um, so when it's hot, those things are quite literally ovens, but really hot ovens at that. Um, so yeah, I know there's. There's never a good time to leave a person or an animal in a car if it's no. going to be if the air temperature is going to be more than 15 degrees. This is no this is not a discussion. No, it's just a bad just idea. Care. Yep. Cool. Uh, one other tip for your house: if you don't have air conditioning in the morning, open the windows up, let the cold air come through. But as soon as you start to see the temperature creeping up, close your windows up, pull your curtains down. Uh, that'll keep some cold air, keep your house cooled down, and keep some cold air circulating in the house for a little while at least. And knocks down the incoming solar radiation too, which is yep. going to heat up the house by greenhouse yep. effect, right? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And a uh, quick shout out to Hughes, who uh, did leave a comment, says he's listening from the campfire. Uh, yep. We're a little bit jealous. And, uh, a little bit, a lot jealous. We expect to see you next week. Absolutely. Cool. I uh, just want to mention, too, that uh, mechanical issues with generators can also happen just as uh, readily in hot weather as they can in cold because of, obviously, overheating versus, like, uh, 
things being you know stiff or broken, cracked, whatever. Yep. Um, so don't depend on it just because it's already hot and warmed up doesn't mean it's going to work perfectly. Oh, um, yeah, that's. I didn't have to everything. Watch. Everything everything goes slower in the heat, just like everything goes slower in the cold. Yep. Yeah, if you're gonna uh, try and uh, do the barbecue thing just to offset the heat, that's something to think about too. Like just to yep. um, yeah, don't, yeah, don't heat up your up. house. No, I cook. No. I cook. I mean, I cook outside as much as I can, and um, I do that year round. But um, I mean, you cook some. You cook something in the oven in the winter, and you notice how how much your 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 kitchen heats up. You have the exact same problem in the summer too. Yep. So cook outside as much as you can. Absolutely. And barbecue is great, so why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's also a good time for a lot of salads. <laughs> you know, you eat stuff that require heating. Hold on, my my salad. Ate the salad. <clears throat> yeah, I've heard about yeah, this, but yeah. Uh, well, it's it's, it's like a big plate of bacon with a little bit of with a little bit of cilantro on top. That's a salad, right? No, no, cilantro is gross. <laughs> it's just soap. No. no, no, don't ruin the bacon. It doesn't need to be washed. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have anything else we want to throw in here for heat? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Long story short, cool down. Drink cold water. Cool if you want to fight yeah. us, you can drink hot. But our votes are on cool. Our and, votes are on cool, but not cold. Um, yeah. One more quick thing I've I've heard of, but I've never seen any clinical clinical validation of um, something somebody once called thermal shock, uh, which happened when somebody was working in a factory in like crazy hot weather so it was a factory it was actually a foundry where like the, it was up over uh like up around 120 degrees fahrenheit apparently and at break they went and sat in their car and ran the air conditioning and mm-hmm. the sudden the sudden change in temperature like he started his car with a remote starter uh before break mm-hmm. and um so it was super cool like the, the car was really cold when he got into it and that apparently sent his body into shock and did some pretty serious harm uh, i haven't heard any i haven't seen any validation of that but um any change in temperature should be gradual if it can be absolutely ideally we've got a, an interesting comment here from uh, freedom for us he says he uh, done a, a couple of casseroles on the barbecue it worked great Interesting. Yeah, pictures or it didn't happen. Feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. I was going to say, uh, um, one of them be slow or slower how that work. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you, it's you could also just send us some casserole, and that would be great. Too. That would be fine too. Yeah. Yeah. Send it express though. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> good, good point. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have to do a prepper pot look at some point. That'd, that'd Absolutely. Be I think that would be get good. Yeah. Together and get everybody together, and here's your you know your best outdoor cooked meals. Yeah, maybe we'll do an episode on that and uh, mm-hmm. get everybody in the, the live chat to show what it is that they've brought to the uh, the potluck. That's an excellent idea. Yeah, that can be fun. All right. We're going to add that to the list. We're going to add that to the list. Um, oh, uh, when you're choosing your drinks, uh, avoid sugar, avoid caffeine, and avoid alcohol. All of those things will... Uh, there's. I, I'll, I'll be the first one to say I don't think there's anything better than cold beer on a hot day. But... Oh, yeah. uh, Alcohol, alcohol, and caffeine are both specifically diuretics. They will increase your dehydration, uh, and sugar will also uh, will also make your body work harder to to process it. So if you can avoid the sugar, avoid caffeine. Water is best. Um, natural are you sugar. Away my coffee? Sorry, you're not taking away my coffee, are you? Oh no, no, no! Just <laughs> minimize it. Switch to, switch to decaf sure. earlier in the day, which we can all probably do. Yeah, but uh, make sure, make sure, like any caffeine or alcohol that you're consuming, you have to offset it with an appropriate amount of water, yeah. uh, and then replace the, replace those electrolytes as we discussed at the beginning of the episode. 
um, get that get those back going otherwise you you sweat more than just water and you need to replace that uh, being an iron hand here has a, a good point in the live chat as well you can put uh, the mylar emergency blankets on windows helps a lot and you can see through it too it's interesting see through them that's interesting hmm. oh man. yeah i will have to try that and experiment i'm, gonna, I'm definitely gonna have to try that and see yep well we used to put aluminum foil on the windows up in the territories during summer to keep the light out but yeah uh, I, used to, I used to do that when i I used to do that when I worked nights. Yeah, yeah same here. Yeah. Kept a little and bit by the way, you, can, you can buy those Mylar blankets at rapidsurvival.com. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the plug. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's why I'm here. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's move to the uh, podcast challenge. Don't get too hot. That's a good challenge. That's a great uh, challenge. <laughs> so stay hydrated. Make sure that you have uh, means to uh, independently do so. Right? Don't rely on don't rely on being able to resupply. Um, I the days that I the days that I actually go out to work instead of working from my home office. Um, I'm on the road 300 400 kilometers, and especially now that it's difficult to just drop in and buy get a drink or get a get a snack um i've made it my challenge to um be able to be completely self-sufficient while i'm out um so whatever whatever you need however much liquid you need to stay hydrated make sure that you have that with you um and again we can measure that by um, checking your urinary output uh, and so that is, that's especially true if you uh, if you have if you're if you have a grid fail excessive AC whatever, uh, and then at home make sure that you have the ability to keep uh, keep yourself hydrated should the uh, should the power go off. Which I think is what actually a few years ago in France they had that big heat wave going on there, mm-hmm. and like France is like eighty five percent or something nuclear powered, and they actually had to shut down a bunch, and they had a bunch of people die in France because their small little flats that they have they don't have a whole bunch of stored water there. And they had a bunch yep. of old people die in the space of a week because they all got basically dehydrated and heat stroked out. It, Absolutely, it and I mean, insane. we can talk. We, you know, we we I think we've already, we talked about it in the water episode, which I think was episode seven or eight, nine, somewhere in there. It was in the first ten. Um, water, I mean, water's life, right? Without water, nothing else exists. Um, we had that problem. Uh, if you are a Southern Ontario person, you know where the town of Walkerton is because there was a big uh, to-do there probably about 15 years ago where the entire town's water supply was contaminated. A whole bunch of people died um, from E. coli, I want to say. Yeah, and yeah. they literally had to truck in, um, you know, hundreds of tractor trailers full of bottled water to keep to keep those people going um that takes time right so uh, even though help was pro- help is probably coming don't rely on it nope and if you do come up with a way to, to help keep yourself cool with the uh, the power being out or a grid fail or, or whatever scenario it is that you're dealing with flip uh, an email on the feedback at prepperpodcast.ca let us know what you came up with for the uh, podcast challenge and then we'll share it out with everybody else and we could all start learning from each other Success, success is mutually beneficial to all of us. You got it. Let's move to uh, upcoming events. All right, so we finally have an update for TACOM Canada 2020. So uh, unfortunately, thanks to the COVID, uh, it's been delayed until April 23rd to 25th of 2021 so far. I, this this is further proof to me that this whole thing was a scam by the Trudeau government to take our guns. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, why not? 
Welcome to the list of possibilities. I just, I just think it was funny, you know, when maybe wanting us to to see how much uh, BS like authoritarian rules we'd put up with before we said <laughs> get stuffed. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, there is a still a ticket link on the show notes. Uh, you can click on that, you'll get more details there. But basically, just because of the the vendor issues and having people need lead time to get their displays and items to, to the international center in time he had to delay it until basically uh late april um so yeah that's if you've already bought a ticket no big deal uh from what i understand you can it's still the same ticket that's still valid for the later show and um yeah nothing's really changed except for the date it gives us more time to save up for the internet that's yeah. exactly yeah. right <laughs> if you would like to be named on our po- on our live podcast from the show, uh, drop us an email, and we will gladly accept donations for the internet for the internet package so that we can broadcast, and we will talk about you a whole lot. I'm sure, will more than just that one time that I plug Rapid Survival every episode. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's let's move into some shoutouts where we could also mention you on the show. um i'm still going to shout out the listeners who uh who make this fun right the uh there's a lot of great feedback that we were getting from the uh from the from the chats tonight and i uh i absolutely love it um keep it up keep up the great uh keep up the great stuff and keep those uh those emails coming yeah thanks for being interactive it uh it makes the show that much more fun when we we get questions on the fly so Uh, for myself uh, it also just makes up for my lack of uh, my lack of show notes. <laughs> oh boy, they don't see the show notes. It's fine. Uh, well, not most so, of them anyway. Well, not most. Yeah. So uh, I've got a, a shout out to listener Fish, uh, who completed uh, the episode number seventy-five challenge by successfully backing up a fifty-three foot trailer. So nice. Well yeah. That is fantastic. That's, That's I've never tried. I've never done that. No, no neither have I. Can't say I have either. Yeah, sent a couple pictures. I did not see any damage or anything anywhere. It looks like it was a successful uh, mission. And, or successful uh, photography. Or successful photography. That's right. It's all about angles. But, uh, you know, I appreciate you uh, completing the uh, challenge from episode 75, which was learning how to awesome. back up a trailer. Right well done, Fish. Yeah. All right. I got one for listener Jason, who uh, offered to help me with the uh, transitioning the animals from province to province if and when a move becomes a reality. So uh, the perfect community is always awesome, just like the gunny community. Um, yeah, it's nice when uh, people reach out to offer assistance. This is That's fantastic. Awesome. That's great. All right, let's move into email and iTunes reviews, which is blank because there was, well, Fish mentioning the fact that uh, he finished off uh, episode number 75 challenge. But uh, besides that, no other emails. So, crickets. And nothing for wow. you in this section. You know, we'll, I'll take no news as good news. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, there was that that news about backing up the trailer, so that's good news. There we go. Yeah, that is good news. Yeah. Beyond that, all right. Well, with that, I will bring episode seventy-six of the Canadian Prepper Podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or of course your favorite podcast app. Please help us out. Submit a review. It uh, certainly helps other people find us, unless it's a one star. But even that, that helps our want. It gives you something to complain about. So, and that's all we need is more things for Eric to complain <laughs> about. <laughs> we do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the show, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and then click that notification tab. Give you an alert when we're going live. You can contact me directly on Instagram at ppswo or by email Alan with one L at prepperpodcast.ca. But you can reach Ian directly by emailing me at the island retreat at gmail.com. You can also find me at Canadian Patriot Podcast occasionally, 
what work allows. Uh, on iTunes and YouTube, we record on uh, Monday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern. There you can find us uh, discussing, discussing why government waste overheats me. <laughs> every oh. week. Every week. Oh, jeez. Oh. Oh, that's, that's two. <laughs> All right, so please check out Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. You can get me there on the live chat uh, while you're buying some prepper gear. Uh, you can also email me at feedbackprepperpodcast.ca. So thanks for uh, joining us this evening. And until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning. <laughs>